Ferguson and I want to present to you the all-new Mission Snowmobile Helmet by CKX. This helmet is equipped with AMS technology and it redefines the trail riding experience. The Mission Helmet is the result of three years of R&D, dozens of prototypes and ultimately three patents. The Mission is the first helmet equipped with AMS technology that helps to efficiently remove moist exhaled air thus significantly reducing the risk of fogging, accumulation of frost, and condensation. The snowmobiler therefore benefits from a drier and cleaner inner space, resulting in unparalleled comfort. The CKX Mission Helmet is available in several graphic designs, in a carbon fiber version and with the electric shield option. To learn more about how the AMS works, go to ckxgear.com. Thank you and happy trails. This number is not accepting calls. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good, good, excellent, excellent. How's things? How's things in Frosty Land? Uh, it's not very frosty. It's going to be plus today. Holy crap! Yep. Yeah, they had the perfect combination of snow, really cold temperatures, packing it all in, and uh, and nobody from the GTA coming up to ride. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now they're all locked down. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if anybody, like uh, nobody uh, can actually uh, leave and, and go snowmobiling or, or come up there. I mean, uh, you know, allegedly. Yeah, not supposed to, but a lot of people are riding. Notice how Facebook pictures are really quiet this winter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's, nobody's bragging that they're, uh, they're, they're, they're shredding in, in Muskoka or Cochrane or something. No, yeah. they're down here ripping up the wheat fields. <laughs> Idiots. Good, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the Snowling Podcast. This is your host Gord Van, and uh, today joining me, my old buddy Phil Molto. Uh, we uh, we teamed up for uh, many years at uh, Snowgore Canada and, and Snowbear Television, uh, and he's just the perfect guy to uh, talk about with this podcast. Uh, um, Phil is uh, is working at a, a BRP dealership now, and um, he knows our next guest really well. Um, just a, a point on you know when uh, when we were going to uh, snowshoot. Uh, our last day, uh, the Europeans would come in um, with their with their crowds to uh, test uh, all the new sleds at uh, at snowshoot, and uh, 
And this gentleman uh, coming up is, uh, he's one of the friendliest ones uh, that uh, we had a chance to, uh, to meet with. We didn't get a chance to, to really associate too much with them, Phil. Um, but uh, you know they're they're always outgoing and uh, and very friendly to us, and it was uh, it was just re really nice to get a different uh, flair uh, about uh, snowmobiling. But uh, Par Par Lindgren is uh, the editor from uh, from uh, Scooter Magazine, and um, yeah, we're gonna have him on. But first, Phil, uh, you're working at a, a Skidoo dealership now, uh, and Skidoo just released their uh, their 2022 20, uh, sleds. Um, what was the what was the feedback of that? I mean, you guys were just watching the intro and the phone started ringing it, it was absolutely crazy you know you and i've been around the sport for decades you know we, we go back to the 70s i've never seen it like this i mean we've seen peaks in the 70s the 80s 90s wherever you get an eight or a nine year cycle there's a lot of sales but nothing like this i mean like every other dealer we've got we have nothing no used no new stock we have a waiting list for next year in all areas as well you know cds uh, atvs skidoos Everything has got a waiting list. I've never seen anything like this in the in order sports ever in my life. It's absolutely, it, it's fantastic. I mean, we always talk about, you know, how do we get rid of new old stock, one and two year old sleds? How do they finance it? That That's just not a problem anymore. Everything is sold. Doesn't matter what, what year it is, people are on the phone wanting it. Yeah. Um, so tell us about, uh, you're, you're watching the intro, uh, the Skidoo intro, and uh, you're in the office with, uh, with the manager and the and owner, Dave, uh, Dave Vincent. And, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, your phone started blowing up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because we're trying to watch the content, and there's just this constant binging of the phone. I mean, everything, you know, the phone ring, the text, the emails, like his phone just kept lighting up his computer screen. Like, <laughs> we're, we're trying to watch it, and just so much excitement. I mean, and, and kudos to BRP. When you and I are in the media for years, we've written all four manufacturers. But huge kudos to BRP for every year there's something new. You, you never see the uh, bold new graphics or brand new graphics being launched. There's always a new product coming out, and uh, they're just not slowing down. And this year was another, both with the uh, with the Moxie and the introduction of the Lynx to North America. You know, BRP Skidoo just don't slow down. Every year they just come out with something new. To you know, every year it's a surprise as to what's coming out. Yeah. So, um, what, give give us a, a kind of a, a little sense of, of what the what the feedback was. I mean, you had all your loyal customers calling. Um, what were what were they most interested in? Um, and um, I mean, I mean. I mean, are are they, are they are they trading their old sleds in for like a mock or or the or the links or what? I mean, what 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 do you think the most ex, excited product was, uh, um, kind of thing? Well, we see a lot. Of, you know, how do you say it? There's almost a trend going in the last year. You know, Dave's always had his loyal customers. They always spring order because they want the X package. They always want the Renegade. They want the XRS. They want that 850. They want the newest technology. You know, when the R Motion X came out, they want that for the next year. So they're always lining up for what the newest product is. But now there's there's so many things happening. You know, we've got the proven you know R Motion X, the new Razx front end, and then you've got you know when the 850 was launched. Now with the different turbo options. Now you've got the Mach Z. Now you've got Smart Shocks, and you've also got the Links. So the loyal customers who always walked in every year, you know, putting an order in a you know, commitment in March saying, I want this sled for next year. Well, now they're kind of, they're really kind of uh, doing their math because they're looking at, do I want the links with the ultimate shock package? Do I want the uh, launch of the Mach Z? Or, you know, do I want the ultimate trail shock package with the smart shock? So they've really got their, they really got their thinking to do this year. You know, it's not just one sled. They've got multiple sleds that could be the ultimate ride for them next year. And they lock in right away. You know, these are people every spring, they've got the order and they they want to ride the, the, the newest and the best for next year. Yeah. 
so so what 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 do you think? Uh, I mean, uh, was was there more people call about the mock because that that sounds like a friggin' incredible machine with the launch control and uh, or 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 the links. Uh, um, you you sell a lot of MXEs and XRSs there. Um, you know what what uh, what were most people really most excited about? I, I think everything. People want the ultimate trail package, and they also want the ultimate launch package, and they also want the ultimate shock package of the links. You know, in, in Ontario, we've got such a diverse riding area. I mean, from the south, where you know we are, lots of big open fields, lots of you know places to stretch your arms. You get up into Muskoka, a lot of those trails get beaten up on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon, so you need an ultimate shot package. And when you get to the lakes and you've got a five-mile run down the lake, you don't want to be last. You know, everyone <laughs> wants that pride of who's first down the lake, so that's where the Mach D kicks in. So you've got applications for all the all top of our sleds, you know, right through the whole spectrum. You want to yeah. you want a short track, a long track, you know. What do you want, 850? Do you want the turbo? Do you want to be running in? You know, it, there's so many options now to consider. You know, back in the day, you had you had the Blizzard 9500 plus, or you had the Formula Plus, and then the Mach One. Today's market, there's so many there's so many options for what we would be considered the ultimate ride. Let's 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 talk about uh, videos. You've been you've been doing a lot of videos for the dealership. Um, tell us tell us about them. Uh, what uh, what are you uh, uh, what are you doing accomplishing that? You're doing all kinds of kind of uh, comparing old to new and stuff like that. Uh, tell us about that. Well, it's very interesting because you know, you and I are both in the media, and the big question was always what content do the readers want, and also you have to think about what content do the advertisers, distributors, you know, with the page layout. So content. What, what goes in a magazine or what goes in a TV show? I mean, there's, there's so many different approaches and, you know, and ideas and what will work, especially in today's climate. So here at the dealership, I look at what we have uh, available from uh, BRP, all the divisions, uh, Can-Am, you know, on-road, off-road, they do a great job of producing videos and working with their product ambassadors. So it's really hard to, to uh, do videos that can do stuff other than what they're doing because they've got access to the latest. They've got you know, pull-up production crews. They really do an excellent, excellent job of producing great corporate videos. I mean, in the world of YouTube, we see a whole bunch of people out there who in their garage doing videos and stuff. And it, there's nothing like seeing a professional video from a, from a company with ambassadors who just ride the product and are passionate about it. You know, BRP's got passionate CD riders, off-road, Can-Am, you know, side-by-side ATV people, the people who love to dig in the mud with the XMRs. So they've got people who are passionate about every area of riding. And they utilize that with, produ- with real professional video. So here at the dealership, I, I look at it and think, I-, I can't really do what they do because they do it so well. So I produce content that uh, it gives us a history of the sport and a lot of niches. Because like you and I, we go back to the 70s in the sport. Well, a lot of people are just getting into it or have only been to it for a couple of years and don't know the old history. You know, that you know, the- had the motor ski line and what the differences were or changes in technology from free air, lifted cooling, suspension. No, you know, leaf springs, IFS, you know, the revs. There are so many things, and uh, there's so much content because people say, "How do you come up with?" It? And I said, "I'll walk through the shop and I'll see something on a sled or a sea view or a, you know, one of the spiders." Are they, you know, what? Don't be. A lot of people really don't understand where that came from. So I'll, yeah. I'll do it, and a lot of people say, I, "I didn't know that that existed. I didn't know where that technology came from, or when and why. I didn't know that was done back then." You know, a big hit was the. Uh, I did a video recently on the side by side elite. And people didn't know that that sled existed. And then people who got them say, I did, I forgot, I got to get mine out and ride them. And so many people are posting and creating a whole new level of excitement about a product that, that's been you know, shelved for many people for years, just sitting in the garage. So out they come, creating more excitement. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Um, 
Hey, did you hear anything from uh, from uh, Mike Schmidt at all? Uh, what happened uh, on the weekend at the uh, at the at the snowcross race? I've been anyway. trying to find out more, and, and uh, I, I feel you got to really feel for not just snowcross races, but all races, motor motocross uh, people who want to hit the flat tracks, is that they're really caught in lockdown situations where you know, half of their competitors they can't race with. So it makes it really tricky to race when either you can't get there or your competitor can't because you're waiting to line up on the start line, different brands, different teams, like old, you know, old, uh, you know, you know, the guy that you you're always racing against, they're suddenly not there. So it's a really mixed emotions. I'm on, you know, I'm on the uh, social media trying to track down who's doing what. And it's, it's just an odd feel as in with so many other sports right now, because not everybody's there and you haven't got the fans. So it's, it's a strange, strange feeling at the track. So, yeah. Even yeah. if you win, it, it's an odd feeling that not everybody is there or without the fans. There's no drive-by you know, of the fans. It's, it's a really strange feeling at the track. And also, yeah. we play it week by week. They don't know if they can race in one week or two weeks. And if they can, who can get there from what region? Because there's lockdowns in one area but not another. So it's a real – they just want to race. So you got to give full, full credit to racers. They're just passionate, and they just want to race. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, the, the race directors uh, this year, man – um, Ken, you know, my brother, Ken, president of the CSRA, I mean, he's been telling us what, the, what, um, what's involved, you know, with, uh, with, uh, putting on races this year and, and the, uh, the early season podcast we did with all the race directors, that was only just a taste of, uh, of what these race directors, uh, uh have to go through. I mean, w- whether you're, uh, the USSA or ISOC or CSRA or, or, you know, Eagle River, I mean, it's just, oh, the, you know, you have to contact the health units and stuff like that. But, uh, the CSRA was having their first race this past weekend and, you know, we're at the end of February and they're, and they're having their first race. And then um, the day before um, they have the first race, um, they get the the message that, you know, uh, you know the Muskoka, uh, uh, you know, Simcoe uh, health district is, is locking down. Um, so, you know, the top four uh, pro competitors live in Muskoka. Uh, the, the champion last year and, 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 and three of the other top racers, um, you know, um, it, we, we don't know if they're going to be able to race, you know, because the, they're not allowed to travel. And uh, the health unit is going to be at the, you know, the gates at the, at these races, checking, checking residencies. So uh, uh, it's, it, it, it could be a, it could be a really, really tough year, you know, if, um, you know, going forward this year kind of thing. So uh, I got to get in touch with my brother. I mean, so obviously he's, he's still, uh, uh, getting back and, and, and rearranging things from last weekend. And then he goes back to Lindsay again. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. That's why I wanted to well, see if Mike, uh, if Mike Schmidt well, had any word. Side to that too, as, as you know, from, from being on the track, he could have five, five racers working out of one trailer. Well, what if yeah. three of them can't get there? Well, it's pretty hard for a team to get there for, for two racers or your novice racers are allowed, but the pros can't make it or vice versa. You've got this whole race team. But if half of them can't can't get to the track or can't leave can't you know can't leave their area, that throws a whole wrench into the whole feasibility of you know five racers working out of the trailer, but only two can actually get to the track. Yeah. Oh boy, well, I, I I hope I hope something gets uh, fixed uh, because that could be uh, I mean you know it's it's going to be tough you know there's uh, you know there's they have uh, a couple races at Lindsay and and you know Barry and Timmins and and stuff and uh, you know uh, if if the health units say you know those racers can't come and travel it's the same as i mean it, we're going through the same thing with our with our recreational snowmobiling too um i mean there's there's been lockouts and you know opp 
and and the uh, and the uh, and the police services uh, at these regions have been actually ticketing people for coming snowmobiling in that region. If you're not in that health uh, unit, if you don't live in that health unit region, then uh, you're going to get a ticket for. Uh, it's almost like you're trespassing. <laughs> and you, you bring up a really interesting point there with the internet. People are getting mixed messages about what you can and can't do, and people say, "Well, you can just ride right through." And other people say, "No, you're getting ticketed." And people say, "You can't ride this area, but you can that because." We saw where Perry Sound was locked down, but areas north and south of it weren't. So yeah. you're looking at an area and it's like, well, you know that they can groom and pack trails and they can be open, but they're very hesitant because nobody wants to, you know, be, you know, go against the rules. But the rules seem to the rules change, and people's opinions and interpretations of it also change. So it's been a it's been a very trying winter. And, you know, kudos to anybody involved in motorsports in this last year, whether you're on, you know, pavement, dirt, snow, just. So, you know, the constant change and information change and policy changes, like incredible dedication. Yeah. And for people that, that uh, really don't know what we're talking about, if you go on the OFSC uh, uh, interactive uh, trail map, um, you can see actually uh, what, what, what they're doing is, uh, is the different health units, uh, there'll be trails and then there'll be a red closed trail in between the two, uh, the two uh, health unit zones. So uh, there's just all these like little red red things where a trail is closed so that you can't go in. It's like you can't cross over the border of an international border kind of thing. And and, and on our interactive trail map, they're all over. They're all over the uh, that trail map showing, you know, that's a different health unit and area. And uh, you should not be going in that next uh, area. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people are kind of ignoring it. Um, and uh, Phil, you, you were mentioning also that um, people aren't, posting their travels, uh, their snowmobiling travels, uh, their, their trips on, on social media this year, <laughs> because they're going to get, they're going to get, they're going to get, they're going to get, uh, they're gonna get uh, razzed by, by their, their friends or whatever saying, Hey, how come you're traveling to Cochrane or wherever, uh, uh, Muskoka, you know, when, and you're not supposed to. So, uh, people are being really quiet about, uh, about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting. The, the look of where I'm riding pictures aren't existing, like in front of the trail yeah. signs and, and the hotels. People are posting those signs. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice that your Facebook uh, uh, timeline isn't filled with people uh, in, in all their uh, all their all their travels. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, people people aren't aren't uh, kind of showing their friends where they're going, kind of thing. So, but uh, so. It, it, and it was, it was very interesting the way the districts and clubs had to handle that. Like you say, you would look at the map and you'd see sections where you couldn't get from one health region to another. But depending on where some people lived, they could be in a corner of an area, say, Haldeman, you know, and, and uh, they're, they're in a corner where they can't ride anywhere because if they leave, if they go two kilometers either direction because of where they are, they're, they're going to be in trouble where somebody else, if they're in the middle of, uh, say, Gray County, well, they could ride all day and never have a problem. But if you're further south, suddenly you're caught where you would have to crisscross between regions, which you're not supposed to do. So, yeah, where, where you live was a real could be a real bonus or a real problem this year. Yeah, it's such an unfortunate too. You know, uh, of, of you know of all our luck, you know, Ontario and Quebec have had their best snow conditions in you know ten ten years that that, that I can recall. You know the amount of snow they've had this year, and the trails that, and, and you know the clubs have been doing a fantastic jobs of, you know, no matter what, they're 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 grooming the trails, you know, remarkably well, and uh, they just can't entertain the snowmobilers. <laughs> no, no, and, 
and, and again, the, the work that the volunteers have done at the club level is absolutely astounding. The reroutes they've had, the you know, rerouting of trails they've had to do because of trespassing or weak fields or just bad weather and bad luck. You know, it's amazing how they keep these the trail systems going year after year. And people notice they give them up for Saturdays and Sundays to go and cut cut brush trail, you know, build bridges and stuff. And the, the amount of work it takes when you're out there is just astonishing. But the more people that help, the less work there is for the few. So. You know, people are enjoying riding this year. They're new to the sport. Call your club next year, volunteer. You know, it's only a lot of people. It's only one day a year they need you, and that's great. Just help stake certain fields or help clear brush on one section of trail. That's all they need to really lighten the workload for the volunteers. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, Phil. Well, what we'll do is I'll I'll let you jump off the line there, and you can you can go back to work for uh, for half an hour or something. I I, t- I told Par that you were going to go in and clean the washroom. And he, he was, he was, he said, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, so how did he know that's actually what I do for a living? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been taking your crap for years. I've been uh, watching for a living. <laughs> well, you, you, you have, you have been posting what you do at, at, at work there. So, uh, so he, and he is one of your uh, followers. So uh, he probably, he probably knows exactly <laughs> what you do. So. So he's and his sense of humor is uh, incredible. So, uh, well, well, oh, I'll is. let you, I'll, I'll let you go, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll get back to you, and uh, as soon as Par, uh, you know, uh, get, gets to pick picks up his kid, and um, because it's uh, it's he says it's three uh, thirty there uh, his time in, in Sweden right now. So um, yeah, that's you know time to pick up your kids, and uh, and when he gets home, he's gonna drop me a message, and um, I'll give you a call back, and then we can have a talk with Par Lindgren. Talk to you real soon, buddy. Take care. Okay. Yep. Take care. What language are we using today? What's that? Are we using English or Swedish? Oh, we're doing English. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This will be good. Yeah. Okay. You You might be muted for a second until we get them on here. Calling to Sweden. Is it par with an S or par is without an S? Yeah, it's par. It's par. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. An S, it was par, pars or par. Oh, Hello, par. Par or par. <laughs> par. Uh, exactly. Have we got par. him on? Yeah, par, par is how it's. Uh, uh, I would say here in Sweden, but I always say par when I go yeah. abroad. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Par. It's uh, it's it's great to have you on. Um, um, you you know what? I I did a post uh, a week ago or so um, about uh, the Lynx uh, competing uh, in Ontario, Canada here back in the '90s or, yeah. or the '80s, the '80s. Uh-huh. Sorry, with uh with with Polly uh, um and Polly Pippola and um. Um, so, uh, and, and I had so much response from people from, from Europe about, about that post. I said, God damn, I, I, I gotta get, I gotta get somebody on here and, and satisfy my listeners because, uh, you know, I, I can only, I can only, uh, re- rehash posting pictures, uh, for, uh, for, for a little time before I have to give them some real content. So, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're digging, we're digging down and we're and uh, and, and Phil says, well, call, call par, you know, he, he, he knows, he knows everything and everybody in, uh, in, uh, in Europe. So. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice guy. I mean, he's really put up on the pedestal here. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's all right. I learned from par. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
And like the chicken too, huh? So part, so part, so part around. I always said your group was the fun group at Snowshoe. You guys are always smiling, always having fun. So it's great to hear your voice again, sir. Yeah, great to hear you too. So, so uh, let's let's bring everybody up to date here. So, Par Lindgren is uh, you're the uh, you're the editor of uh, a Scooter magazine. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm the editor in chief and uh, the owner of the Tinnitus Scooter here in Sweden. And we just uh, this past autumn we we also acquired Scooter Norge, uh, which is the Norwegian snowmobile magazine. Right. So so tell us about it. Tell us about uh, your your magazine. Uh, um, you, you, I guess you uh, distribute uh, to all of Europe, or, or are you in uh, uh, other countries too? Uh, tell us about the, the magazine. Mainly, the the scooter is mainly based in Sweden. We do send it also over to Norway and and some parts of of Europe. Uh, it's not that big there, but but I mean we we have our, our base of readers in Sweden, Finland, and Norway. Yeah, and then Scooter Norge is uh, obviously it's it's a Norwegian magazine, so there we have uh, also a lot of readers in that country too. Yeah, um, and it, it's uh, it, it, it's and you 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 print in uh, in uh, in uh, what uh, what's a language? Um, um, so it's it's not in English, right? No, no, that's that's correct. We we do uh, both magazines in, in Swedish uh, and I mean the Tinnus Scooter is based in Swedish uh, uh, and in Sweden so I mean it's it's mainly what we do uh, the, the Norwegian uh, magazine we we do both have Swedish articles and also Norwegian uh, articles in it so we, we got both so it's it's kind of interesting yeah. actually to work in two countries. So how many how many uh, issues do you do a year? Uh, we we have six issues a year, uh, 92 pages in each issue. So we we try to get a broad picture of of uh, what the audience and the readers want. I mean, not everyone is uh, is a snowcross driver. He's not a, a, a interested. Maybe everyone is not interested in in driving in in uh, in the snow and in the powder and and that type of stuff. So we try to keep the the magazine very uh, wide when it comes to the readers, so every reader can feel at home in the magazine. That's uh, one important yeah. thing that we do. So what 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 is the majority? What 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 do most people like uh, in in the European uh, uh, snowmobiling? Uh, uh, I, I know you have a, a huge racing background um, in in Europe. Um, uh, so, but what uh, that's the the part of the uh, the podcast. We, we want to get to know what what uh, what uh, since you've been thrusted into our into our uh, into our, our sport here in North America now with the with the introduction of the links we got to get yeah. to know you guys now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we got we got a major part now when we are throwing in links in, in the North American market I mean yeah it, it's kind of interesting with, with that and, and I mean but the 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 majority of the the uh, drivers here in Sweden are I mean it's not much different with the U.S. I think we're doing most of the same type of riding uh, trail. Uh, we go a little bit longer just to to sit and enjoy and go out in the in the mountains just and and relax. And and some people they go out and, and just do a lot of uh, uh, deep snow riding too. So I I find it kind of similar the how how we ride. 
the thing that I think is different between the U.S. And, and, and Sweden is actually the snow conditions, how the snow is and how it can change very fast in the U.S. from one day to another and, and that type of thing. So, so that, but that's, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about, about how, how I see differences, but, but also how, how things are similar between the two different countries or that way I have. Yeah. Okay, okay Phil. Well, I, I just got to say, it was always interesting at Snowshoe watching Paris Group because we'd come down the groomed trails, and there's these guys in the red coats with really cool bandanas, <laughs> you know, sitting in the trees and off in the jumps, and I was like, these guys don't like riding trails. What's wrong with them? <laughs> or maybe we just taking up the whole trail, and they don't want to ride near us. Uh, Paris, just, yeah, just go on. Like, how did, when you would show up at Snowshoe, what sleds did you want? How did you evaluate them? Well, we, we we rode every sled we could get hands on. I mean, we were a pretty big group uh, out there, about five to seven people that went there every year. And so we tried to get both trail sleds and the deep snow sleds and the crossovers and and mainly try to, to get all the kind of uh, groups together so we didn't have one trail sled with a, 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 a deep snow sled. Uh, so, so that, that's mainly. But, but, but I mean, we we went riding pretty far and, and tried to get the most out of the impressions of the ma of the machines uh, to us. And uh, I mean, when we were there, we could always find the conditions that that was perfect for the sled. I mean, if we got a, if we were riding the the trail sled, we we could find it somewhere. I mean, trails it, it was all over the place. The, the thing was the the deep snow sled. But I mean, when we were in West Yellowstone, you could always find deep snow somewhere. So it was always, uh, I mean, we went always to a place where we knew we had the right conditions for the sled and always tried to evaluate it between different people and, and working as, uh, as uh, tight as we could with the, the, the time frame that we had. I mean, it's not that big, big uh, time that we have with the sled, but we, we tried to utilize it, utilize it as much as we could. So, yeah. it was, so it was always interesting so watching your group because you guys, you know, you you're always seem to be off in the trees and off on the jumps and stuff. And uh, <laughs> was it interesting for you to come over and have access because, like, you, well, we have in North America, did you get all the makes models from all the manufacturers or was it more of a, a, a narrowed down selection because of your uh, geography there? Uh, we could get pretty much every sled that we wanted to, but, I mean, uh, the – the number of sleds that that are offered in the United States are much. There, there are many more sleds. Uh, so, some of the manufacturers only bring over maybe part of the sled the models uh, to Europe, uh, and and but it differs. It differs between the manufacturers. I mean, some of them try to make us have every type of sled here in 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 Sweden and Europe. But I mean, it's it's a bigger market in the U.S. So so. Sometimes we we didn't need to ride every sled over there because you got much many more sleds actually. Well, it's funny you yeah. talk about models. Sleds. Talk about what available as uh, sled models. I've actually got the uh, links in the back of the truck. I'm sitting at. I work at a BRP dealership, and I've got a link yeah. in the back of the truck. While we were just talking, some guy just showed up and started taking pictures of a sled. And yeah. Get to ride it. We've had customers arriving, and they they just, they can't believe the suspension. So as soon as we've done this phone call, I'm heading out. I've got that property right nearby a dealership here, so I'm going to be out in the fields and the big drifts and the big warps, putting it through its paces. But uh, what do you think about Lynx coming to North America? 
I think it's kind of interesting because I was at the 50-year uh, uh, anniversary of Lynx. Uh, it was in 1918, no, 20, 2018, excuse me. And uh, I was uh, sitting there with uh, uh, Beaujolais, uh, the, the VP of, of BRP, and I was ask, asking actually the, the question, when are Lynx coming to North America? And at that year, he told me, well, we don't have plans for that. I mean, now we're three years later, and uh, now that we see that Lynx has actually gone to the North American market, and I think it's, I think it's, uh, they, they should have done it a couple of years ago, maybe. Uh, maybe it wasn't the right time then. I, I don't know, but but uh, Lynx is a good sled. I mean, it's been around since uh, 1968, uh, and I mean, it's developed through all these years. A different path than everyone else, uh, because they were that. Uh, the Lynx sled was a little bit later into deep snow than everyone else was, but I mean they've, they've caught up now with the the, the Boondocker DS and, and that's the sled. But I mean they they were good, have been good all through the years with the the cross uh, sled set and the trail sled actually actually with the suspension. And uh, I mean you, we're talking about Paulo Pippola that was out racing. I mean that's the guy who had made this. Uh, suspension possible for him. So it's kind of interesting how he, he, he made that one happen. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible par. Um, when Skidoo had the introduction here on, uh, on their social media pages, uh, Phil and, and his, the owner of his dealership were sitting in the office, watching the introduction in the office and the phone, just the phones just started blowing up of, of people, uh, um, you know, wanting this links and, you know, you get, you know, how can I get a links? And, you know, you know, they, they announced that there was going to be demos coming out and now just about every dealer's got one now. Um, so like Phil says, you know, you know, it's just been crazy about the interest of, of a links finally coming to North America. And that's what all, all everybody's talking about is, is the, the links. So um, let's, let's, let, we're going to let you, you, you talk about, you know, what, what is special about the links? Um, um, and, and reason why, you know, maybe it's the, uh, the mystique of, of this, uh, you know, not being able to have it for so many years, but, um, talk to us about the Lynx brand. Uh, I mean, you've, you've ridden them all, all your snowmobile career. Uh, exactly. I mean, I was 16 years old when I started riding snowmobiles and, and uh, I, I think even that year, so it was a Lynx that I sat on. So, I mean, they, they've been around since 1968 and, uh, they, they made their first snowmobile those that year. Uh, they started out actually '67 with some prototypes, but '68 is the, the, the year they really started. Uh, so they, they've been mainly, uh, I mean, throughout the years. The, in the beginning, they, they were like trail riding sleds, workhorses, that type of work uh, sleds that they, they made, and and then they started to to uh, trail riding sleds. And, and I mean, the brand itself has always had a big uh, known name for being a robust uh, sled. And you, you can go out with it and you can, uh, like the 5,900, uh, which is a well known uh, model, uh, the, you used it to, to go out and, and uh, in the woods actually to get, bring home wood. And it was a really good workhorse. And then they started out uh, making sleds for, for trail riding and, and, and uh, really tough and hard trail riding. And that, that's where they came from. And, and uh, I mean, they, they, 
throughout the years they, they had it was actually two brands, Lidlings and Abinha, who uh, combined and became the biggest uh, selling uh, company in in Europe. Uh, so uh, that's that's kind of interesting. It, it was uh, around 1980 that those two uh, combined and, and became the links, uh, actually. So and uh, so they've been been doing that for a lot of years. I mean the the, the actually trail and, and workhorses and and developing their own and uh, I mean techniques and everything and shafts and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here in North America. So you've had. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Gord. No, go, go ahead, Phil. Go you ahead, always Phil. finish first on me with a sledge. You also finish first with me. <laughs> <laughs> My question is going to be, Car, uh, over over in uh, Sweden, what's the re- response been like over the last few years and the trend with four strokes? Because we're seeing a, you know, a very popular in the BRP line with you know, our 1200s are popular, the 600, the 908s with the turbo, non turbo. What's the response like in Sweden for four strokes versus the uh, eight, you know, the traditional eight fifty two strokes? Uh, I think the eight fifty two, uh, the two stroke eight fifty is still popular. Uh, uh, we've seen that the the nine hundred Ace with the turbo also is getting more and more popular. Uh, maybe more trail riding and that type of stuff because that's the model that that uh, it's in. Uh, so it's getting popular, but I, I think. Most people today are are into uh, deep snow uh, riding that that uh, actually buy new sleds. So I mean they're they're still into the two-stroke uh, 850 engine and that 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 kind of segment. That's interesting. Yeah, Gordon, nice. Gordon has you know done the two-stroke, four-stroke, on-trail, off-trail, and, and you know the uh, appeal of four-stroke, you know for for uh, various reasons on trail. But when you try to get off-trail. The weight on the front end, and I guess for you, because you do so much off-trail riding and punter riding over there, it'd be similar to people here out in uh, Alberta and British Columbia, where the four strokes are great on the on the trail, but in, in the deep powder, it comes down to power weight and power uh, power band. Is this yeah, over there? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the same here. I mean, a lot of people love the the four stroke when it comes to trail riding. Uh, I mean, I got guys uh, calling me also and and asking. And the thing is that that most of them are uh, the trail riders. They want the four stroke because they think it's it's uh, it's a good good uh, mileage, gas mileage on it, and that's what they're looking for. And they they want to go far, and they're not that often that they hit the gasoline pumps in the, up in the mountains actually. So, so they they want to have that that uh, that thing with the four stroke. So, so it's it's mostly trail riders that that use that one, or people go fishing and that kind of stuff. They they, they like four stroke. Now you're yeah. you're uh, off trail, on trail over there, hard pack. Are, are, are studs a popular option over there, or ice ripper tracks in any way? Like what 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 is, what's the uh, proper track choice over there for riding? What combination? Uh, we don't have that much stud sex actually here in Sweden. Uh, we don't use that. I don't know if it's just why we don't, but but it's it's just like it's very seldom that people put studs on on, on the tracks. Uh, I mean that's they they rather uh, change the, the the lug height on the on the uh, yeah on 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 the sled actually and and do that type of things, but. But that's mostly because they 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 want to go off trail riding and maybe sometimes on trail riding, so that therefore they get get a, a higher lug on the track 
just to, to meet both demands that they want to ride. Now, in uh, Scoter Magazine, yeah. we see these fantastic pictures of the uh, off-trail powder riding. What, what's it like over there for uh, access uh, to the, uh, the backcountry and regulations? You know, we see the picture, so it looks like you know you can ride pretty well, you know, back and forth to the seas and not have a problem. What what what, what is your riding areas like over there for regulations? Uh, we have some areas that are regulated. Uh, so so, but but that that is, uh, I mean. Uh, listed as it so so we know where not to ride uh pretty much you can ride wherever you want to when it's not regulated you just need to have have a, the snow packed so it's not little snow you need to have a amount so you don't damage the vegetation under it so that's mainly the 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 way that we could ride here it's, it's been a lot of discussions regarding these rules that we have uh, that 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 is uh, somewhat not clear, but they are still uh, enough clear that that you can ride a snowmobile on snow, uh, and as long as it's not uh, a forbidden zone, then you can ride it. And and that that's the regulations that we have. It's pretty pretty good, but I mean with with, with uh, the good that we have, it's a lot of responsibility too uh, that the rider does really behave good when you're out there. Then we have other rules when when we're riding. Uh, you can't, uh, uh, well, uh, ride in certain areas uh, along with the regulated ones. I mean, so that, that's but that that is just general rules, which is uh, when you have like uh, uh, yeah, taking down uh, the trees so you don't have any trees on an area. Then you can't ride on that one because you you probably have have planted new trees under it, and if you ride on it, they will. They will uh, be ruined, actually. So, but that, that has some yeah. other regulations. Yeah. With, with uh, you, yeah. you're riding. Okay. Are, are you? Uh, when it comes to helmets, are you guys goggle people or visor people, heated visor people, or because you're standing up so often? I'm curious what you actually wear for uh, face protection and then eye protection and keeping clear. We got we got uh, goggles and then we have these uh, helmets, uh, not visor helmets, just just helmets like with a, a chin protection guard in front, uh, that type of uh, protection, more more or less like that you are doing in the summertime when you're doing motocross racing, uh, and goggles and a lot of people now are, are turning into using heated goggles, electric heated goggles, because uh, that's really good when it, you, know, you, you don't have to have the fog on them. So uh, you get rid of that that one. So it's it's kind of, but that, that's mainly, I mean, and, and uh, you, you in Sweden, you have to have a helmet when you ride snowmobiles. You can't uh, be without it. So it's uh, that's another regulation that we have to obey. Gorgeous. Yeah. It's a par. Okay, so part uh, the last the last time I was in uh, in, in in Europe, um, we went over there for Snowgore, and that was in 2005. And you were introducing uh, a, a trail system called the Arctic Trail, um, yeah. uh, where it went it went from Sweden to Finland and, and Norway, and we, we we completed that that trail, and it was absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, do they still have that that, system, yeah, they do. that trail system? Yeah, they do. Uh, in Sweden, we built. Uh, I mean, we got a lot of trail systems here, which are um, I mean, it is like snowmobile uh, clubs that are, that are maintaining them, and and so we yeah. got a lot of trails that we can ride both from the coast where we live up to the mountains, and you can go north and south, and 
a lot of people do that, especially in the springtime. Then, then you take out your four-stroke, as we were talking about earlier, and you, you want to go those long rides. And so you go on these trails, uh, north, south, east, west, uh, from where you, you're staying and, and doing that. And it's uh, hopefully sunny and you have a great time with your friends. And that's uh, a lot of people yeah. do that. Yeah, I, that, that, that to, to date is the, is the best trip I've ever done, yeah. bar none. Like nothing comes close to that, uh, that trip. You know, we, we, we went to the, the Ice Hotel and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's awesome. a, it was just an absolute beautiful beautiful trip it was i think we did it for like eight days or something like that Um, incredible uh so tell tell us uh, um more or less about your trail systems uh you know do um uh are are they are they mapped or are are they staked now like uh, so you know you you stay on that trail um and and can people plan their trip uh with a map mostly i mean it is not that you have like these um type of organization that 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 is uh, putting together all the maps for the whole Sweden. There are some people or uh, kind of uh, uh, people that, that are, have sat down and put trail maps together and they package it so you could uh, put it into your GPS and, and then you can plan it. And because a lot of trails are are both state, and then they, you have the the ones that are maintained by the the snowmobile clubs here. So it's kind of one what the the state uh, or or the yeah the state the trails you can find on on the general maps that are are here in Sweden. But then when you get down to the the smaller and uh, the the trail systems that are maintained by by the snowmobile clubs. Then you need to go into different clubs to look at their maps, or there are some people that also has, has taken the effort to put together a map structure for Sweden. But I mean, those are probably 95 to 98% correct if you use that one. And then each year, you, trails are getting a little bit changed, and maybe they added a trail and that stuff. But those maps are, are really good, actually, to use. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Phil, Phil, are you still on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We lot, we, uh, we dropped Phil. So let me, uh, let me get Phil back on here. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, par. Okay. Let's get him back on here. Where is he here? Bye bye. I noticed. I noticed it was awfully quiet there, Par. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, yeah, when yeah. Phil is when Phil is quiet, that's, that doesn't happen. So, I mean, There's something wrong. We know There's when it's gone. wrong if it's quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's quiet, Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Par, so Par, um, uh, tell us. Okay, so the bit, the big news has been the you know the links coming to North America. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think? I mean, you, you've, and, and you've come to North America, to Yellowstone every year, uh, to drive, to drive all our trails and, and, and all the different sleds. What do you think people are going to, um, th- their impressions are going to be of, uh, the Lynx, uh, the Lynx, the uh, model, the, uh, the Rave, uh, LE that, that they're bringing here. Uh, what do you think, what do you think they're going to uh, like about the, the Lynx, that, that particular model? And maybe what the what the, they may be surprised about the most. I think that we will be really happy about the Rave RE because it's it's a 
fast, uh, agile trail sled that, that is uh, manufactured to go on bumpy trails. So if you got uh, trail systems that are not always maintained and it's a little bit bumpy, or maybe you're a person that just rides bumpy trails because you like it, then you're going to love the Rave RE because it's, uh, it's, it's made for trails, actually. Uh, I know that this yeah. year they, they uh, developed the suspension too to PPS3 suspension just to get it a little bit softer uh, because uh, in, in the Swedish and, and Finnish uh, trail system, we got a lot of bumps. So we ride, to, we ride yeah. it a little bit harder. So now that they actually made the PPS3 uh, PPS, uh, to be a little bit uh, smoother, uh, so maybe that, that might be the the thing. Um, I'm not sure how smooth it will be if it's smooth enough for an American or, or North American person because you uh, we have during the years we can we could see that a, a lot of the sleds were actually made for going fast on very good trails. Maybe not that big mogul trails. It wasn't suspension wasn't really done for that. So it's it's gonna be. The people uh, that are riding the PPS3 will probably be happy. Uh, I'm not sure how how soft they got it, <laughs> because that's what they wanted to do is soften it up a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. Go ahead, Sid. Go ahead, Sid. The part we're soft over here. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. No, you got good trails. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say soft. <laughs> you got good trails. That's that's the yeah. thing I, I yeah. always learn every year. I mean, when when I went to the to the U.S. and, and we we were just sharing because now we knew that we could put the trowel <laughs> to the bottom on every sled and we could ride it as fast as we wanted on the trails. Uh, so that was the yeah. fun part actually when when riding on the Americans uh, uh, North Americans uh, trails and, and uh, that's what we love about it. Uh, so you're yeah. not soft. It's just you got great trails and I love it. Yeah, we we. Uh... I seen I seen one comment I seen one comment on on social media. Uh, uh, somebody commented about uh, in in North America we uh, uh, we we design we design groomers to take the bumps uh, off the trails uh-huh. and and in uh, and 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 links design suspension to actually do uh, go over trip go over oh, the yeah. bumps exactly so exactly. so <laughs> so yeah so, so yeah, um, yeah yeah so if uh, if if you in the past, let, let's go. Let's get a time frame here of say 2005, because that's where uh, the suspension systems really started to grow, mm-hmm. and the uh, up up to uh, 2022 model. If you had to pick one Lynx uh, sled um, that you, that you just said, yeah, that is that is my favorite sled of all time. Um, what would you what would what would it be? Actually, well, we 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 would uh, during that time period. I, I love the Boondocker DS actually uh, because it's, it yeah. was uh, one of the first sleds that got the, the shorty back uh, back end. So it was uh, much fun, more fun to ride in the deep snow because you didn't didn't have any any back part that got stuck in the snow, and so we were hanging the track. So I mean that was uh, that was actually, and I think with Boondocker uh, that was also when Lynx uh, got got uh, not ahead but they they came back since they were a little bit late with the with uh getting into the deep snow models uh, the boondocker was actually one that, that caught up with everyone else with, with that one so that that's a sled that i like yeah 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 so um 
so maybe you can maybe you can tell the people over here. I mean, uh, they don't know the name Polly Pippola or, or or really the, the the links really. But so so tell us about Polly. I mean, uh, he he raced here when Snowcross first started here in in the early 1980s. Um, uh, a, a, a person, a good friend of ours, uh, brought uh, a couple link sleds over there, and they're the GLX uh, uh, 5500s, I believe they were. Yeah. And Polly, Polly, Polly came over to compete um, at the, uh, the, 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 the series, the snowcross series here. Uh, nobody knew him. Nobody, nobody knew about the, the Lynx sleds, really, what they were like. But I tell you, he, he made an impression over here. Right? He, he dominated uh, snowcross at the, the few races he did here. Um, and uh, basically, you know, the, the, the big names like uh, uh, Tim Bender and, and Jim Appleson and, and, and my brother, Ken Evan. Uh, they, they he, he dominated th- those guys and those sled brands quite easily. Um, yeah. So t- tell us tell us about Polly. You, yeah, you, you but, must know him really well. Um, not not really, but but a little bit. I mean, we, we've been uh, with him or known him since uh, the racing. Uh, and and he is, I mean, he's a big name. Uh, when you're talking about big snow uh, snowcross racers. I mean, Paul is one of the the, the guys everyone talks about, uh, and he, Finland has has brought a couple of ones uh, in front, and that has been really good. And I mean, he he, he raced a lot, and and then then he started out at Lynx at the Lynx factory, and and the thing that they wanted from him was to actually develop a, a really good uh, suspension for them. And and that that's <laughs> probably all his uh, with all his racing racing career and all the all the experience he had from that one that that went into the PPS buggy uh, suspension that uh, that he developed and I mean that that guy's track record is is pretty fantastic and I mean it wasn't like nowadays when when uh, we see a lot of European guys going over to the states uh, and 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 the race there. I mean, when Paul Pauli did that, it wasn't that many that went over. I mean, it was it was really big yeah. news when when someone went there. So he yeah. he was he was really uh, in front of well a lot of other people and and took a big step actually, which is fun for us. Yeah. To know. Yeah, it was yeah it was, it's there there's there there hasn't been a lot of of Europeans that have come here, but there's the, the ones that have come here and even today. Uh, the, the ones racing on the uh, on the uh, ISOC circuit, they're they're making a big name. I mean, uh, look at uh, look at Ishuel. He's uh, he's yeah. leading the points over here, the kind of thing. And uh, and and the others like Ranheim and, and stuff like that. You know, these guys grew up, you know, over there, you know, racing the lace, racing the link sleds, and uh, and you know they they make a huge express, uh, impression over here. Um, Phil, you got a, some more questions? Jump in on that when the uh, product launch came down. Of course, they had to bring up uh, you know uh, Tony Hackenden. His influence with the uh, you know, in, in developing and working with DRP, and then the successful marketing because people in the 90s were looking for a, a ditch banger to do and perfect uh, combination of marketing and a great product by bringing uh, Tony over here. I mean, his influence in riding style and endorsement was huge. Yeah. So that, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, so, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, go, uh, go, go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead. Sorry, we cut you off there, Par. Uh-huh. No, no, no. That I mean, that, that, that's the big names that, that went over. I mean, uh, when I read about them, uh, I find it kind of interesting that they actually could go over because I mean, it's it was so much harder when they did it. So it, it's kind of impressive that they both went over and then they 
made big names and, and did really good. Uh, I think a lot of it might have been doing with that they, they've been racing a lot here in, in, in Europe. And, and uh, even though that, that tracks maybe in the U.S. are a little bit more spectacular, that uh, they adapted and, and just used all, the, all their skills and, and know-how from uh, from the racing here in, in uh, Europe uh, and got it to work in the U.S. I, I find that very yeah. interesting because in the in the 1970s we had ice oval racing as did Sweden, but we didn't see the Swedish racers come here. But we saw how good no. they were. We sent our racers overseas, so it was interesting to see in snowcross how we brought people over from from you know Finland, Sweden to race here in snowcross because your riding and racing style was so different from ours. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And as you mentioned, you got a lot of older races at that time, and it, it was. I know that there were a lot of, uh, or not a lot, but I mean, they brought over some Americans uh, to Sweden and and the, the oval racing here, and not only in Sweden. I mean, it was a, like a, a competition that was in Sweden, Finland, uh, that uh, it was kind of combined. So. Uh, it was kind of a couple of big names that that came over here and raced it. So it was kind of interesting too to see that the Americans uh, also went over here uh, doing yeah, racing. Yeah. And you notice that talking yeah. with Gordon and I is like riding snowmobiles with Gordon and I. We'll just keep cutting you off all day because that's the way we ride and that's the way we talk. So. So apart, apart. One day on the trail, we'll still don't yeah. talk about yeah. it very often. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so part how's how's the how's the racing scene how's the racing scene there there now you're i guess you're just kind of kicking off uh the past few weeks haven't you uh the, the racing yeah, that, circuits that's, there? that's correct yeah i mean it's been crazy with the covid and everything here in sweden i mean they, they had a, a racing schedule and it's it's been actually put just upside down and i think that all the scheduled races not even one has been raced at the place they uh, was planned to everyone has been moved so far so we'll but they, yeah. they will have a racing season uh here to crown a winner uh but but it, this year has been well crazy as in every country probably uh so but, yeah, uh, but sure. i mean they, they they are racing and it, it's kind of it's good to see and now they're televised or uh, through internet actually so we can sit and see yeah. see every race and i think that's good because the racing scene uh, here in sweden has kind of gone down a little bit the, the past 10 years uh, so they're trying to do different things to make it more interesting and uh, i mean uh, televised it and, and have people seeing it uh, at, uh, through internet and, and that is probably one way to go it and maybe sometimes a little bit shorter races but they're they're doing a good job trying to get the audience back yeah so the, the few races that you've had this year uh who's looking good like uh some names that maybe we can uh that we might steal from you in the in the future who's uh, <laughs> who's looking good over there oh you, you might get <laughs> marie Karen back you never know She's been oh, off yeah. for two. Yeah. yeah, she's been off for two years actually. Uh, she got two babies, and uh, oh, and really? and now she she went for the first race and she won won the the skating cross race and and so she's she's looking good actually. So that that's kind of really? interesting. Yeah. You you, ne you never know. She might go back to the the states and and uh, do another round there. <laughs> so so that's 
Yeah, well, so she's doing good. Uh, so that, that yeah. that's kind yeah. of fun to see. Who's your Who's your factory uh, links and uh, Arctic and and Polaris drivers over there now? Is it the, the, some big names? Uh, who are, Who's uh, Who's uh, Who are we looking out for? Oh, that's oh, they, they got they, their factory riders are. I, I, I gotta say, there are a lot of people that are uh, not into names right away right now. Uh, sorry for that, yeah. but uh, uh, we we don't know uh, to see. Adam Renheim was actually he was out competing in the U.S. Uh, we'll see what he's doing. But he, I mean, he's missed out some races here, here in Sweden, so he probably won't be back there. And uh, so mm-hmm. uh, to race here, so so. That's uh, but I'm not, I'm 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 not that into that uh, at this point. Yeah, yeah. So what what are you into? Uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, you've been in the mountains. Is yeah. that what you like doing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's uh, yeah, like the mountains. Now we got we're doing some test rides up there, and and uh, so we go up to the mountains. We've been there for the past three weekends, uh, doing test rides uh, since we, and also we got project uh snowmobiles that that we worked on and uh, so we, we this year we built a 146 uh, flares cows with uh, a little bit uh, different parts that we put on it so we, we're up trying it out see how it works and if, if everything everything put are holding together when we're riding it so and then we also have, have yeah. uh, gotten some other sleds that we didn't uh, get to ride during the springtime so we've, we've used some weekends to to ride those two now so we got some more to put in our magazine yeah so what uh, what kind of what kind of sled are you are, are you liking uh this year uh what uh what are you really leaning towards what's your favorite sled this year uh, i got actually two uh, i'm myself i'm riding a, a yamaha mountain max and uh, i find that really interesting uh it, it is uh, for me it's uh, kind of agile i i like how it, it how it works uh, it's easy to ride that uh, it pops out perfectly uh, for me in my height and and cause i'm pretty tall i'm about 190 centimeters and i weigh, weigh about 115 kilos so so uh, my riding style is probably it's not, or it's not like the younger guys. So, so, but I like the the yeah. how it handles actually. It, it's a lot of different yeah. difference between that one and we we uh, had the first Alpha also that that uh, we uh, 2019 Alpha Alpha one. So I, I got got to yep. compare them a little bit, and uh, it's. It's, it's just really different. It's a total different sled uh, this year with the Mountain Max. So that that's uh, it's it's uh, really fun to ride. I also liked actually yeah. the, the project chaos that we are using the Polaris. It's it's a that that's a kind of a fun sled 146 with with all all that uh, QD2 and and uh, three inch lugs on it. So. It's, it's yeah. a fun, happy sled just to to go go out and tips up Tuesdays and everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have them too over there, do you? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Can't, can't leave, leave that one alone to you guys. We we gotta have yeah, it yeah. back here to you. Uh, yeah. Okay, Phil. Um. Well, 
it's interesting uh, listening to Pryor talk because when the launch came down of the uh, length that we had, you know, old, you know, people from his side of the ocean discussing it. Uh, first of all, locally here, our riders found this thing just lights up in the uh, mobiles. Here in Ontario, we get trails that are groomed overnight, but by the middle of the afternoon, they're really whooped up. And they said this uh, this lynx just came to life. But I want to know how are we really supposed to say this because. <laughs> Links is said differently over there. So is stuff like LED lighting and track legs. How are we supposed to call this thing, Par? Give us the give us the, the true word. How do we say it? Uh, how, how what what uh, about it? Links. How do you uh, is it pronounce links? Oh, it's links, and and uh, it's links, and uh, I, I gotta make the the Finnish guys proud when I say you say rave. And uh, or uh, it's a rave, actually. That's the pronunciation <laughs> of the rave. So uh, that's a, it's actually a, a guy with, that we meet every year from from the links department at Berovaniem. He used to uh, write sleds for a magazine, so he's very, very, very thorough when it comes to the pronunciation of the the links rave. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, good luck with good luck with that, Phil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think <laughs> in, the, in, the, in North America, cut. you need you need to say rave or something like that because the rave it sounds like some guy from I don't know where. That's probably it. Yeah, Italy, Italy or something. Yeah, yeah. So I've got this Wunks rave loaded in the truck, and I'm I'm excited to go riding today and really put this thing because I've got a I've got an off-trail area where I can take this thing. It's five minutes from my yeah. house, so I'm really excited and. People keep coming up and taking pictures. I don't know if it's the sled or it's me that's more famous. I think it's the sled. I, probably you. I, I, I'll bet it's you because <laughs> you probably got that chicken dress on you, so, so everyone thinks it's Easter. <laughs> well, and I'm so short. I've got the booster feet here in the truck so I can see over the steering wheel, so that's probably drawing attention. <laughs> he's probably got his monkey. He's, he's probably got his stuffed monkey on the on the handlebar, too. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The way we know him. <laughs> <laughs> so um so par um you're not coming to north but you're not coming to yellowstone this year no. uh I, I suspect eh? yeah yeah so Unfortunately, uh, disappointed not. or yeah it was a, that was a great event i mean the, the best event that we could go and go to because we had all the sleds in one place and, and so it was easy to get access to them uh with the areas that we rode on we we could get every type of terrain that we needed for the sled. So it was a good five, six days that we could uh, do a lot of work in a short time and that we could bring back home. So where we, yeah, we, we would have liked to, to go there every year because that's the best event that we could get for, for this type of uh, sled riding and testing that we do for a magazine. Yeah. So how are you... Uh, I said that at the beginning, but I'll say it again, Par. Your group was absolutely a blast to be around. You guys, you guys, you, you promoted the sport because you're always smiling when you ride. You know, a lot of people in the Thank media, you. they're all like, gritty, got to ride, got to get this picture. Every time I see your group, you're always waving and smiling. You're the epitome of snow. Day, so I always enjoy seeing your group. Yeah, we've got to get stay positive. I mean, I mean, if you're... you're if you want to be crankier and you're riding the, the most fun vehicle in the world, then you're in the, then you're in the wrong place. I mean, you got to be happy. That's the way. Yeah. That's the only way. So to how be. are how are you uh, how are you uh, accessing the uh, new sleds this year? I mean, uh, uh, yeah, last night the, the Polaris's were introduced. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you get, getting your sleds this year uh, to test? 
Yeah, we we got uh, the manufacturers are are really good at getting them over here. But I mean, we don't have that many that we could get access to at the snowshoot. But they always see to that we can ride the the new sleds, and they always take the upgraded sleds almost also to these events that they have here in Sweden. So so we yeah. we are we are getting a lot of the the. Uh, information and writing back here home but uh but it, yeah. it's kind of divided into different places so it takes uh, more time for us to go and it, it, since we were kind of a tight group with the five to seven people it's not uh, that easy to get the, the people together since they, they don't work at the magazine full-time they, they have other jobs so so uh, it's it's kind of messy sometimes to get the, the right amount of people to go but the we got we got sleds to ride here, so that that's what I'm happy the manufacturer did. It has done a good job getting those uh, ready for us every year. Yeah, have you had the uh, you, yeah? I mean, the Polaris was introduced over here mm-hmm. last night. Did you uh, have you had an opportunity? Have you had an opportunity to uh, to uh, to test the uh, the new Polaris's yet? Not yet. We're we're going uh, actually on uh, Thursday morning. We are heading off and we're gonna ride them. So it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah, because good. I've been I've been yeah. looking at the pictures to just to go through everything and it's it's a lot of technical things that they've uh, accomplished with a new turbo and that. So it's, it's gonna be really interesting to to ride it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, the uh, they they I, I guess they needed a turbo to. Uh, to compete with the uh, with the skidoo, uh, I mean, you, you always have to you always have to have that uh, that edge uh, with your manufacturer. Okay, yeah. Phil, uh, let's uh, let, let's wrap let's wrap it up with Par. You got any more questions? And... No, no. Well, actually, I have one more question, Par. When you were in uh, yeah. in Montana in West Yellowstone, did you ever think it was possible to, to put any more meat on a pizza than they did at some of those bars? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that I was. I mean, I, the best the best thing is actually uh, Michael. You know him, the little guy with the the all day he makes a magazine, and and he went into was a Buffalo Bar or something that up there, and, and he uh, he was ordering a pizza, pizza, a large pizza, and I, I told him, well, Michael, uh, don't order a large pizza. It's a, it, it is large. I mean, this is America. They don't make small things. They make big things. No. And he was like, "No, I want a large pizza." Okay, so you buy if it, it, I, I buy it for you, but you'll eat it. And when he got it in, he just, he just, he just, his mouth just, his jaw just dropped down. He's like, "Well, yeah, that was this one is big." He said, "Yeah, now you gotta eat it." And he just even finished a, a <laughs> one third of it. And after that, it was he was full. So I mean, uh, yeah, it was it's a lot of meat, and it's 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 good. Good things that they yeah. have. Good pizza. It's good yeah. for a week, and then you got to come home to a good salad. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, salad is not enough. You got to go out and run and do everything else after that week because it takes a month to get in shape. <laughs> well, that, yeah. For, 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 for listeners, you know, the, the experiences we had at Snowshoe together were just fantastic. Riding all day, seeing each other at night, laughing during the daytime, and that, you know, sitting together yeah. having fun. So again, you know, great memories of uh, snowmobiling with you at, at Snowshoe, sir, and all, all the best in your future endeavors. I, I look forward to seeing more posts on uh, Facebook. The internet's great for yeah. keeping in touch with you. 
Yeah, it's great to hear you, and, and it was uh, great to, to just meet you guys over there. It's the same feeling that we have. You were always funny. You were always laughing and doing all these jokes with us. So, and that's good. That's how yeah. it's going to be, and it should be. Okay, Part. Um, so let, let, let's wrap it up here. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, your your magazine. What do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up? And where can people find uh, you on uh, on the internet? Yeah, we, uh, you can find us at uh, www.scooter.se and, and uh, uh, social media uh, too, of course. I mean, everyone's there, and we're posting like crazy every time we ride. Yeah, that's that's what we want to do: show people how to ride and have fun. And uh, so yeah. that's, that's uh, what to do, and what what we want to get the feeling out to the old people out there. Have fun. You got any exciting? You got any exciting uh, articles coming up uh, that oh, uh, maybe it might be an interest uh, of, of us in uh, in North America? Uh, probably. I mean, we've got more links, uh, snowmobiles that we're riding. So if we, if we, for the North American people, they could probably go in and watch some pictures on social media and everything like that and see what yeah. we're doing with the links. Uh, the other ones, not the Boondocker or the Rave or uh, the other right. models they have. So that's uh, yeah. going to be good. Yeah, quite uh, interesting. Yeah, the interest in that brand is just uh, like uh, you just woke everybody up over here, uh, you know, with the, with the, with that introduction. So yes, if people want to uh, want to uh, to see what else Lynx has uh, in their model lineup, just uh, go over to scoter.se and uh, and check out their magazine. It it is in in Swedish. Uh, so, uh, but they have some remarkable pictures. You got some great photographers over there, um, and Thank see you. what they're doing over there. So, okay, Part. It was it was great talking to you, and I uh, ho hope to run across you again real soon. I hope so too. It was really fun to be with you guys, and thank you for having this opportunity. I love it. All right, great to all right. You, you take again. care, Have Part. Have a great day, sir. Sit. You too, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.